Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, and we start with local news. On Sunday, May 28th, at approximately 2.30 p.m., the Columbia Police Department responded to reports of a shooting incident on Westview Street. As officers were responding to the scene, a 14-year-old female and a 23-year-old female arrived at Murray Regional Medical Center, suffering from gunshot wounds. Both victims were flown to Vanderbilt Medical Center. The 14-year-old suffered non-life-threatening injuries, and the 23-year-old victim is in critical condition. Initial investigation has revealed that a large crowd gathered on Westview Street, during which a physical altercation occurred between two females in the crowd. A black male with a handgun approached the women and became involved in the altercation, at which time shots were fired. A 15-year-old male juvenile has been taken into custody and charged in connection with this incident. This investigation is ongoing at this time. Anyone who witnessed this incident or anyone with information to assist in this investigation is encouraged to contact the Columbia Police Department at 931-388-2727. Murray County Public Schools recently announced the top students from the class of 2023, including those earning the distinctions of valedictorian and salutatorian among six high schools across the district. For Columbia High School, the valedictorian was Maya Nguyen, salutatorian Lily Parsons. For Kalioka Unit School, the valedictorian was Callaway Schmidt, and the salutatorian, Avery Bolton. At Hampshire Unit School, the valedictorian was Samuel Ellis, the salutatorian, Jacob Amonette. At Mount Pleasant High School, the valedictorian was Luli Thomas, and the salutatorian was Gracie Felty. At Santa Fe Unit School, the valedictorian was Hannah Fitzgerald, and the salutatorian was Madison Woody. And at Spring Hill High School, the valedictorian was Alexander Maynard, and the salutatorian, Daniel O'Brien. Members of the STEM Space Coalition recently met with students from Mount Pleasant Elementary School for the second year of the Space Coalition Outreach Initiative. Students learned about the science of spacecraft, building and launching their own homemade rockets. Among the visitors was Nicole Tibbetts, director of the Space STEM program, who spoke with fourth graders, and Michael Gilchrist, retired Air Force veteran and NASA engineer who helped the students with their rockets. The program is a partnership between the U.S. Space Force Space Systems Command and the nonprofit Space STEM Outreach Program. Lane Gilchrist, formerly of Columbia, created the Space STEM program. Mike Gilchrist, who is a Columbia resident, worked with his friend Jerry Sands to make the visit a reality for his son's team in Mount Pleasant. The program is sponsored by the United States Air Force and Space Force, he said, in an effort to emphasize education in the areas of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. On Saturday, the African American Heritage Society of Murray County held a fundraiser to raise money for a new museum and cultural center in Columbia. The event was sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church. The special guest for the day was Phoebe Rofe, Episcopal Bishop of West Tennessee. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the fundraiser and got a chance to speak with Bishop Rofe. This is Elf Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, Saturday, I have attended a luncheon of the Murray County African American Histor- Historical Society. It's been fabulous. 
the uh, principal speaker was our very own Joanne McClellan, who is the county historian. Uh, it's a great event. It's packed in here. Uh, attending the event here from the Diocese of West Tennessee is the Right Reverend Bishop Phoebe Rowe. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you so much. Great to be here. All right, folks. This is radio. Bishop Rope is the first woman and the first African-American to be a bishop in the Episcopal Church in Tennessee. Uh, she is here to participate in the Whit Sunday service, which we will be held tomorrow morning at St. John's, uh, the church on Mount Pleasant Highway, which is gorgeous and where they only meet once a year. So all everybody's invited to come participate. Bishop Rope. Tell me what you see the role of the church in the South today to be. Well, you know, I think the the South has such a strong history of faith, uh, and my my hope is that we can live into our faith not so much worshiping Jesus, but following Jesus to do the things that Jesus did. And so, I'm really hopeful that. Every segment of the community will feel comfortable to come out and worship with us tomorrow morning. I would love to have the opportunity to meet people, and let's just be in dialogue about how we as people of faith can try to improve things for people in the community. And Bishop Roth, Whit Sunday is something that every Christian church celebrates, but I think probably the Episcopalian Church emphasizes a little more. Our services will be at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. The public's invited. It's bring a dish. There will be a picnic on the grounds. Any of you have ever driven by St. John's know how gorgeous it is. Everyone's invited. You don't have to be an Episcopalian. But tell us a little bit about what the Whit Sunday service will be all about. So I think people are more familiar with the word Pentecost. So on the first Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit to be present with people from all different parts of the world. And so every year, Christians celebrate that. And so we're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow as we celebrate it here in Columbia. That's 10 a.m. at St. John's. Now, Bishop Rove, I notice here you have degrees from Harvard, undergraduate degree, Princeton uh, uh, Master's in Public Policy, I think, a law degree from the University of Arkansas, and a Master of Divinity from Virginia Theological Seminary. You know, Bishop Rove, my daddy used to look at me and go, you got more degrees than you got Fahrenheit. Why don't you go to work? <laughs> well, you know, I, hopefully all of those degrees have prepared me to walk into all different sorts of rooms and be comfortable with people from all backgrounds and all walks of life. So I just see it as additional preparation to be a, an evangelist for the Lord. I think it's wonderful. My daddy was just kidding me when he used to say that. All right, folks, don't forget, Bishop Rove, the Pentecostal service at St. John's Episcopal Church, Mount Pleasant Highway, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Bring a dish, picnic on the grounds. Hope to see you there. Bishop Rowe, thank you and come back. I will. Thank you. The Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth has released its county profiles of child well-being in Tennessee for 2023. The profiles include county-level measures on 52 indicators and county ranks in important areas affecting child development, economic well-being, education, health, and family and community. Each profile provides an analysis of the county's strengths and challenges and policy recommendations to improve outcomes. 
Though the profiles are released annually, the 2023 county profiles in child well-being use several new indicators in the county ranks, so they are not comparable to previous year's ranks. Newly included are child care cost burden, severe housing cost burden, chronic absenteeism, food insecurity, the percent of children in single-parent families, and the number of victims of abuse or neglect. Murray County ranked number 32 overall among Tennessee's 95 counties in the report. Murray ranked 9th in health, 10th in family and community, and 15th in economic well-being. However, the county placed 84th in education. Factors cited were 3rd to 8th grade reading and math proficiency and an 86% rate of youth graduating on time, which ranked 90th. Murray's strongest indicator is the number of children who were victims of abuse or neglect, where the county ranks fifth. The county also ranked high in the percentage of children who are food insecure at 8.9%. The county's biggest challenge is the percent of high school students graduating on time, where it ranks 90th. There are opportunities for improvement in the percent of students who scored on track or mastered in TCAP reading as well. The report reads in part. Data is primarily from 2021 and 2022. Some indicators show substantial volatility year to year, especially in rural communities with fewer people where small changes in actual numbers of events can cause large changes in rates, though reducing that variability was one of the goals of changing some of the indicators. Key indicators include statewide 18.4% of children were living in poverty in 2021, The lowest percentage was in Williamson County at 3.9%, and the highest percentage was in Hancock County at 42.6%. Child care cost burden, defined as child care costs for a household with two children as a percent of medium household income, is 23.9% in Tennessee. The county with the highest child care cost burden is Lake County at 40.1%, and the lowest is Williamson County at 11.9%. Across Tennessee, 6% of children were uninsured in 2020, an increase from 2019. The lowest rate was 4.1% in Sullivan County. The highest was in Pickett County, where they experienced an increase from 6.9% in 2019 to 10.1% in 2020. Tennessee's rate of children who were victims of abuse or neglect was 10.2%, I'm sorry, 10.2 per 1,000 in 2021. Clay County had the highest rate at 33.9, and Moore County had the lowest at 0.8 per 1,000. Comparing data across counties provides a glimpse into the varying needs of each county and the considerably different experience, access to resources, and supports a child may have in one county compared to another. Comparing the strongest performing counties to those facing the greatest challenges shows differences that are often more than a factor of 10. A child in the lowest performing county is half as likely to be proficient in TCAP reading than the state average. A child in Perry County is almost 10 times as likely to be chronically absent from school than a child in Blunt County. In the five counties with the highest rates of abuse or neglect, we see rates of greater than 28 per 1,000. Though some counties perform better in comparison to others in child care cost burden, this indicator is a major challenge for all of Tennessee. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services defines affordable child care as 7% of a household's income, with a state average of 23.9% and the best-performing county at 11.9%. Affordability is a challenge for every county in Tennessee. 
As an agency, we're always working to improve the well-being of children, youth, and families across the state, said Richard Kennedy, executive director of Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. These county profiles always serve as a reminder that the experience, opportunities, and access to positive outcomes can look vastly different for each child in Tennessee, he said. The counties ranked in the top 10 were Williamson, Wilson, Sumner, Rutherford, Blunt, Moore, Weekly, Cheatham, Smith, and Decatur counties. The counties with the greatest opportunities for improvement are Lake, Haywood, Shelby, Hancock, Hardeman, Lauderdale, Madison, Davidson, Campbell, and Granger counties. A full list of county profiles can be found online at www.tn.gov forward slash T-C-C-Y. Murray County Public Schools, just like all school districts across the state, are scrambling to implement a new state law that requires low-performing third-grade students to retake a literacy portion of the Tennessee Comprehensive Assessment Program by June 5th. Approximately 50% of Murray County third-grade students will be retaking the test, Murray County Public Schools Superintendent Lisa Ventura estimated. Third graders who received a mark of below or approaching proficiency on the English and Language Arts portion of TCAP are mandated to retake a literacy portion of the test between May 22nd and June 5th, according to the Tennessee Department of Education. Though exemptions apply to some students, including English language learners, students with disabilities, and those who have been previously retained. Ventura emphasized that the state is providing multiple options for students to advance to fourth grade. Because there are so many different pathways to advance, there is wiggle room, Ventura said. Those pathways include, but are not limited to, passing the ELA reassessment, attending summer literacy camp to achieve a better score, and tutoring in fourth grade. Amid the district's attention to underperforming third-grade students, the most recent third-grade averages in reading released by the state last Wednesday show potential increases compared to last school year. Average third-grade 2023 TCAP scores released by the Tennessee Department of Education show a potential increase of up to 3% in ELA reading scores among third-graders, roughly compared to last school year. Third-grade students in Murray County Public Schools scored as follows, according to the Tennessee Department of Education. Below proficiency, 25.95%. Approaching proficiency, 37.54%. Meets proficiency, 27.38%. Exceeds proficiency, 9.13%, and total proficiency, 36.51%. Spring Hills Board of Mayor and Aldermen voted unanimously last week to approve $55 million in tax incremental financing, or TIF, to a Brentwood-based developer, Southstar, for the development of the crossings. Of the $55 million, $24 million is contingent upon the U.S. Tennis Association, Association's regional headquarters project being built, as it is tied to a parking garage structure. The remaining amount will negate most of the costs associated with completing necessary public infrastructure in the city. The developer is expecting to come out of pocket with $12 million on the infrastructure costs. The first portion of this TIF is being used to develop Crossings Boulevard and to widen Kedron Road and fix some Kedron Road intersections, City Administrator Pam Kasky said. That is a city obligation that we should have done already, but instead we have a very kind developer who is going to take that in on his debt load, which is great because we don't have any more debt load to take it with, she said. Industrial Development Board member Clint McCain agreed. 
A huge benefit here is the infrastructure piece that directly benefits the residents of Spring Hill, he said. Currently, the development brings in an annual property tax of around $3,000, and the city would continue to collect that amount throughout the process, and 40% of property taxes generated above that will still be remitted to Murray County for public school use. While a TIF may appear as if a government entity is giving away money it would otherwise collect, Betsy Knotts, counsel at Bass, Berry & Sims, reminded the Spring Hill Industrial Development Board that none of the tax revenues that will be realized are currently being collected. The goal of tax incremental financing is to bring a government entity in partnership with a private entity to create a self-supporting project and create a new stream of ad valorem tax revenue. Revenues that wouldn't be there had you not brought those two entities together, she said. Rather than only collecting $3,000 annually on the large area of land, a study by the Younger Group, an economic development research firm, predicted the development will bring in multi-millions of dollars in annual tax revenue. The $55 million figure is a maximum allowed by this agreement, and the term would be for 20 years, though it could be sooner, according to commercial real estate attorney Tom Trent. Alderman Trent Linville asked about the impact to Murray County Schools once the build-out of 1,600 units is completed. Using a formula widely accepted nationwide and proven locally at different developments, it is estimated that the entire project will yield around 150 students. The estimated monetary value over the first 20 years to the school system, however, according to Trent, is $56 million. When completed, the 213-acre project is slated to include two hotels, the U.S. Tennis Association Regional Headquarters, 535,000 square feet of retail, and 1,600 residential units built around 17 acres of parks. We want the ability to have outdoor food vendors, an outdoor market on a Saturday morning, or if there is an event at the USTA area, would have this pedestrian mall area without cars going up and down, Greg Gamble of Gamble Design told the Board of Mayor and Alderman at the initial presentation. This is large enough to have outdoor events, pop-up tents, and even an ice skating rink during the winter. We want to create a place where people can come and really experience their community, he said. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Jessie Lee Harris Burt, 90, died Thursday, May 25th at her residence in Columbia. Funeral services for Mrs. Burt will be conducted on Thursday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Rose Hill Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. and Thursday from 10 a.m. until 11 a.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well. But we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, 
Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds today with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. The high will reach about 83 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies with a stray shower or thunderstorm. The low will be around 62 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners have the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. 
Texas. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Cade Cawthron, a former top Tennessee legislative aide, wants to subpoena House Speaker Cameron Sexton's phone and communications app records, arguing the records could be instrumental in his defense in the upcoming October federal public corruption trial. Cawthron's attorney on Thursday filed a motion for the subpoena, arguing the records will show continued close communication between the two men that will contradict a core tenant of the prosecution's case. Cawthron's team wants records between February 2019 and January 2020 from Verizon, Sexton's phone carrier, and a confidential messaging app. Prosecutors argue Cawthron pushed out his former House Speaker Glenn Cassidy's top aide in the wake of admitted drug use and sexist and racist texting scandal, set up Phoenix Solutions to tap into taxpayer-funded mailer services available to lawmakers, as well as the lucrative political campaign mailer business. Cawthron shielded his involvement in the firm by operating under a false identity of Matthew Phoenix while working with Cassida and former Representative Robin Smith, who allegedly engineered a kickback scheme, according to prosecutors. Smith quickly resigned from the General Assembly and pleaded guilty for her role in the scheme last year, while Cassida has pleaded not guilty and is awaiting trial. Their charging indictments argue the trio hid the fact that Cawthron was pulling the strings of the firm because the General Assembly, under Sexton's leadership, would not have approved the company as a vendor if his involvement was publicly known. Cawthron, through his attorney, now argues he continued to be a close confidant of Sexton after his resignation, and Sexton was even trying to find him a lobbying job in 2019. The motion states Cawthron remained heavily engaged with Sexton after his resignation and as Sexton ascended to the speakership following Cassidy's downfall. Additionally, the requested records will show that Speaker Sexton has actively reached out to state officials, state employees, as well as third parties in an attempt to secure Mr. Cawthron a job as a lobbyist as well as other opportunities. Cawthron's motion states... These communications are integral to Mr. Cawthron's defense in this matter because the government's case relies, appears to rely heavily on its theory that Mr. Cawthron's reputation was so tarnished after his resignation that Speaker Sexton was adamantly opposed to associating or working with him at all, even on administrative matters, it reads. Cawthron's attorneys deny that a subpoena for a year's worth of Sexton's communications records, some of which Cawthron already has, would be a fishing expedition. Since 2019, I've been and will continue working with and assisting the FBI and Department of Justice on this investigation, Sexton said in a Friday statement. I commend the FBI and DOJ on their hard work, dedication, and resolve in uncovering a criminal scheme that brought over 20 felony charges. It is clear from the indictments that individuals knowingly used their official capacity and connections to target General Assembly members and the Republican caucus by using fake companies to siphon off money illegally and deceptively. Any accusations suggesting that I had any part in this criminal behavior are categorically false, 
he said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The second annual Columbia, Tennessee Pride Festival will take place on Sunday, June 4th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Riverwalk Park, located at 102 Riverside Drive in Columbia. It will be a day of celebration and love for the LGBTQIA plus community, allies, and families. You can grab a bite and or beverage from the beer garden and food trucks, plus enjoy live music at two different music stages. You can also shop at the Vendor Village and visit the nonprofit information booths. This is a free event open to the community. Follow Columbia TN Pride Festival on Facebook for more information. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.